0: okay so um, welcome to the latest people in flow podcast i'm joined this week by a true legend of our profession jack phillips the chairman of roi institute and the much published king of the measurement of return on investment and i've known jack now for over 20 years uh, with our relationship at uh, astd and which is now the association for talent development and jack is a past recipient of the atd lifetime achievement award um, well-deserved, uh, in my view. Uh, and so, Jack, given our background, and before we vision forward, I'd like to just reflect back a little bit uh, and ask you to, to, to let me know what your thoughts are in the way you've seen the world of learning and development and talent development uh, change through that period.
1: Yes, well, obviously, we've had dramatic changes uh I'd say the most uh, visible change is probably the way we deliver learning. Uh, of course, the technology scope has made a big difference there. And and we started off kind of rough with that, I think, with a lot of e-learning that didn't work so well. Uh, but we're getting much better. And you you throw in some uh, virtual reality and all kinds, kinds of simulation. So we're getting quite good at delivery. In fact, uh, almost to and extreme sometimes is that we think the delivery is the message and not the content itself. And so uh, So that's a big change for us. And second, this seems a, a change for to try to do spend so little time in actually learning. And that's, that's caused some people to bring up the concept of deep learning. And that is, we need to set aside sometimes occasionally to learn, important concepts and skills. And and if you're just trying to use micro learning or quick bites or a little bit of mobile learning, uh, that makes it difficult to ever get into that. So I think we're trying to sort that out and say, yes, there's a place for very uh, critical skills, critical information that we have to spend some quality time free of distractions uh, to be able to learn that. And of course, we see more... Um, focus on value of of the learning. I see a lot of that. I think we had something to do with pushing that needle some, (laughs) but uh, but it's still not near where we need to be and we probably talk about that later. Uh, But we do see people talk about the value of what they are doing and even slowly moving from the concept that the success of learning doesn't occur at the classroom or the keyboard or on the mobile phone Uh, but success of learning occurs when you've actually done something with that and there's an impact. So that's an important shift in our thinking because if we think learning success occurs when they've learned, that's ignoring the environment they're in and where they are and what they're doing. And we we could just wash our hands with this and say, look, we know they learned when they were with us. Uh, It's your problem if they don't use it. But but yet we get the budget for that we in learning and development so the executive said i'm sorry but we give you the funding for it so you, you it's up to you to make <laughs> sure this thing works and so so we finally are seeing a shift in that value of learning pushing it beyond the scope of just learning measurement there
0: yeah
1: and and i have to say we still see the importance of learning continue to grow and we can see that with budgets we can see it with people talking about it and people uh, involved in it. So the shared numbers showing it still is a critical, it's a critical function. It will never go away. Um, and you'll see executives says, we, we can't st- thrive and survive without a lot of learning. You know, We went through this concept that we're a learning organization for a while. And and, and I think we all come to realize that we have to be uh, to survive. Um, so that's the good news. So we're getting a lot of funding, a lot of support. Uh, and the topics, I think we, we've had a tremendous shift and uh, focus on soft skills, uh, moving from hard skills. We know hard skills are needed, you know, job-related training, technical training, things that uh, that they must do maybe to do their jobs. That's often written in a job description very clearly. Uh, but we've had a shift to all kinds of soft skills, uh, not just leadership development and communications and team building, but some things like mindfulness um, is a very hot topic these days, so making sure that that we um, take time to relax and reduce our stress and maybe get into some meditation and those kinds of things. But what we notice um, is that when you see these shifts it looks like a novelty, just like coaching. You know, everybody wanted a coach when that started becoming very uh, commonplace or interesting. It's like a novelty. And it's it operates that way with very little accountability until an executive looks at the, what we're spending on this and says, wait a minute, we got to see some value out of this. And we see that occurring just now with mindfulness. We're getting asked to help people evaluate their investment in mindfulness.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: that's just a quick uh,
0: summary. I, maybe not quick enough there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, very clear. Uh, one of the things that uh, I love, Jack, is that you bring a clarity to the importance of measurement um, and always have done. Um, coming back to the, the changes in learning, I think one, one of the things that has always concerned me is that the reason to learn has never really shifted. Um, the need to learn to be able to perform in whatever job you're doing as it's changing is, is kind of always been there. And if you wanna go yes. forward or you wanna to move to a new job, but the pace of change is moving at such a speed now. I think that, that fear of not being able to cope with what's required in the job next year uh, is almost driving the people towards this, well, we need to do learning that's quick because if we don't do it it's quick, then then it'll have gone. But I think you pointed out there that the deep learning, and, and I think that's something to do with foundation skills. If you don't build from a foundation of strength, then actually everything out, you know, the quick learning is on sand. Yes. R- unless it's already been established as a strong base. So there is a need for both. Yes. Now now that that need for both and therefore a mix of methodology, because I think really what's changed is is what we deliver, which is what you you've nicely outlined and and described, but when and where we deliver it has slightly changed, and how we deliver it, the mix of uh, methodologies in one program brings a new or brings new and different challenges to measuring the impact. How have we managed to uh, develop the way in which we can track and monitor uh, value and impact and return on investment when the way in which that learning is being taken into performance is changing?
1: Yes. So that's a very critical issue there. Uh, First, uh, you describe the the frustration with someone who maybe attends a leadership program
0: yeah.
1: where you're focusing on leader behavior or leadership competencies. And then someone asks, so what was the impact of that? And that person is not thinking about that. They, they work with their team. That wasn't what their goal necessarily. It was just yeah. to a better leader. But we we all know from the, from the top of the organization a successful leadership means you've got results, you've got impact. So what we had to shift our thinking on this and say, that is, we teach people how to measure the impact. And they were struggling so many times saying, you know, unfortunately, we didn't start with that end in mind. And so we don't have it very clearly, at least clearly connected. So we shifted to this concept that says, look, we have to start with why. And the why these days is not that we need to learn something or that we need to do something, but we need to have that impact. So if we start with why, then we connect to the business measure to begin with. So it requires some conversation with that person. Uh, We'll take leadership development as an example. So if we have some great competencies that we know are successful and they're, they're tried and proven and validated, and so these are great competencies that we want to teach you or maybe refine them in you, Um, we said, now, but before we do that, let's just think about what business measure do you have? What KPIs do you have uh, with your team that you would like to improve? And they all have them. You know, this could be a goal. This could be a problem they have. So, okay, let's select one or two of those, and we want to improve that now, but only if we can use Uh, these competencies with your team to do it so the good thing with soft skills for example is that they're pretty flexible i mean if you've got a problem it's usually the soft skills that's going to help you get there Um, and so they make that connection up front so what we're doing is validating there that the um, solution is this leadership development they're telling us see if they go through this exercise with us they've just said hey okay i've got a business need and I can solve this business need with my team using these competencies that you're going to teach me. And so now we've made that connection up front and we set clear objectives there at the impact level. So so the impact now is those impact measures they have, those KPIs, those measures in the system. So now we're beginning with that end in mind with a clearly defined measure that with some specificity around it in terms of how much it should improve by what time so so what we say you know here's how we get started we start with the end in mind with a clear business measure make sure we have the right solution to drive that measure and expect success with those clearly defined objectives through the process and we give those objectives to everyone involved so that now we're all designing for the results that we want so we use a concept of design thinking which is something in the innovation field for many years three decades now we're going to bring that into our process and says look we we fix the the definition of success that we want and that definition now is clearly a business measure And now the whole team is rallying around that, the designers and developers and the facilitators and the managers of the participants as well as the participants. They're all working toward the impact that we need. And that makes a big difference. So we we make this point. We cannot measure our way to success here. In our early years, we put the burden on the evaluation team to straighten out the big mess you got. your problem is that, you know, you sometimes you have programs implemented for the wrong reason. It may not even be the right solution. And you certainly don't have objectives at the levels that you need. And you certainly didn't design for this. So you got all these problems, and the poor measurement person has to go say, look, you know, you've got to do a better job at this and this and this. And they tell them to go away, you know, don't, don't bother me. So we can't get there just through measurement. We have to get there through changing our definition of success and then designing for the results that we want. So, yeah. one one of our books, uh, recent books, is called "The Business Case for Learning." The subtitle of that book describes what we're trying to do, and that's using design thinking to deliver business um, value and improve your talent development budget. Yeah, so, and th- that's what we're trying to do is to make sure we still have money and still have support to do this.
0: It's a, it's an interesting. Um concept uh jack because i i i often used to think that um we we were looking at it from the wrong end of the telescope Uh, and what you've just described is the need for those in talent development learning and development to actually look at the entire thing from start to finish from the end user's end of the telescope Uh, And to be pretty clear on what that means to them. So, when they used to come onto a programme and we would put in up there, you know, the um, objectives uh, that were from the training end of the perspective, they made little or no sense to the receiver. Whereas (laughs) now the training team can put the objectives up in in the business language, the rest of the business language. Uh, and everybody has a collective responsibility to making sure that they're achieved. Yes. So basically, we're playing a part in a process. And, so, and what you've said there really means that we've, we've ironed out the, the program measurement, the impact measurement to be the impact of the, of the entire learning into performance process. Is that right?
1: Exactly. That's that's where we are with that. That's
0: that's
1: it's, brilliant. We, yeah. We, we sit. We, we call we call it spreading the joy here. That, that is, <laughs> <laughs> we we want success at the end, and we won't have it unless we're all involved in it. Yeah. Uh, it, and if you just think about it, that poor participant or learner that's in our program, you know, if they don't have success with what whether we're teaching them, then we're all failed. Yeah. As, as a group, and so it's... All of our efforts is to make sure this person actually does something with what they've learned, and has an impact in their work. So we're making some progress in this. Um, um, our books uh, now all take this approach of designing for the results using design thinking, um, and it's it's giving them a different mindset. It, and you raise some good points there. You know, when you when you go on a course, you know, you think. Um, you know, how am I going to use this? Do I really need this? And why am I here? And those kinds of things. Yeah. And we just had an interesting evaluation of a, a two-week uh, sales training program uh, for our telecom, uh, not here in the USA, but another company. It's a very major one.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, and they, didn't, they just had um, 16 very important learning objectives, and that's all they had there. And they put the whole team of several thousand people through this. So we're evaluating the success. And so we, we go to the head of um, sales and marketing and says, "What would, you asked for this program. What was your objective for this in your mind? And after some thought, he says, well, I think I'd, I want them to increase the sales. I said, by how much? He says, well, I, I think 10% is probably appropriate. I said, when do you think they can get to that? And he said, well, it should be pretty soon. I give them a couple of three months that, I, that ought to be up to that level. And I said, anything else? she said, I'd like for them to get a new account, maybe, every, at least, say, every two months, a new account above where they are now. Uh, and they should be doing that when. I'd give them a few months, maybe three or four months. I said, okay, this is very precise. And I said, unfortunately, you're the only one who knew this. <laughs> <laughs> this is going into the evaluation. I said, yeah. they, even the participants didn't know it, and no one. And so... We had some comments in our evaluation from a salesperson after two weeks of sales training and following up with them two three months afterwards saying, tell us the extent to which your sales improved as a result of this program. And some of them wrote in, I didn't know I was supposed to increase sales. <laughs>
0: and
1: so, you know, if, It's just like, it's so simple. Put that objective in front of them. But we're so reluctant to
0: do that. Yeah, so sort of somebody once said, that if you do this the, the the way that we're both agreeing should be done, it takes away the magic of something unexpected happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, let's let's try and not rely on the magic and try and yes. <laughs> work together to actually make it happen for real.
1: Yes, <laughs> we often say, "Hey, hope is not a strategy, and luck is not a factor here." <laughs> uh, so yeah. we. And doing nothing is not an option. So you got to go do something. So, yeah. so yeah, we have some people say we put this program in place, and we're hoping it really worked. And I said, oh, that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, with a, with a little luck, this thing is delivering a positive ROI. I said, no, we're not working on luck here. And so let's we got to have more than that. So yeah, yes. uh, yeah
0: you're absolutely right. You know, um, I for the last uh, fifteen or so years been working as a reviewer and a judge on the ASTD-ATD uh, Best Awards and more recently on the Training Journal Awards here in the UK. And and I'm surprised, really, given the amount of effort that you and others and we have put into uh, the importance of having a focus and the importance of actually understanding why we're doing things, um, that uh, it's still a high percentage of entries come with absolutely well very very little measurement and what measurement there is is really just ticking the boxes yes um, and there's this kind of yeah but we innately know whether it's doing well or whatever and i'm kind of sitting there thinking it's disappointing that it's still that still seems to be the majority play when in fact um you know, the heads of learning and development and HR have got to realise that there is a commercial rationale for the expected contribution they make to a business. Yeah. Um, how are you? How are you finding the shift? Is it? Is it? Am I being pessimistic here, Jack?
1: No, you're not. You're being accurate. Unfortunately, that 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 is uh, when we hand out awards for people. Uh, in the best program and others, yeah. Um, for to my mind, probably for the wrong criteria. But when I've challenged them, they said, well, we're just not quite there yet. Let's recognize some good efforts in that direction. We're moving in that direction. Um, if we put the absolute requirement that you have to show the impact very clearly and credibly, <laughs> your connection to it, or maybe you have to show the ROI, um, they said we'd probably not get very many awards, um, very many entries, and so, so I recognize that we've got we got to make progress. But it is um, it is disappointing to see awards and accolades given to groups that really you have no idea what they've done has really had an impact in the organization or not. And so we we've got to we've got to do it more. We've got to push that. We do have some organizations, and uh, we work. Um, with all of them essentially but training magazine in the usa um, has their top 125 organizations and and if you don't have good clear impact connection with your learning you're not connecting to impact and roi is a plus for that award but certainly impact you won't make that list and they know that they know that going in and so some people work hard to try to change what they're doing so i think we've got to up the requirements for some of those. Um, yeah,
0: I think otherwise, that's
1: we, we're, we're recognizing success defined, to me, at not the right level.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. The training general awards over here, and, and, and in saying that's like a, a majority of entry, um, the winners yeah, over here this year and, and in the last two years, um, Have been exceptional in 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 that. So just as there are a high number of people not doing it, there are some exceptional examples of those who are. Uh, And happily, if they're the ones that are winning it, right? So (laughs) there are some role models out there that are doing a very good job. Um, But it is this kind of taking it to one more level and saying, well, okay, now that now that we know that it works, what's the next thing to do? Uh, and how do you how do you work with teams uh, who are doing a good job uh, and understand where they're making a difference and how do how do you help them to take that more widely across the their organizations and that's the end of today's interview with neville pritchard and jack phillips join us next week for episode two